0: Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as
1: a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. Each week, we discussed two episodes from the Pokemon anime, and just else happened to pop, pop into our minds. Just a quick reminder, we are an E for explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex.
2: Hello, everybody. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing good. I am hoping that the storm does not come back and wreck my internet, so fingers crossed for a good podcast.
1: That's right. April showers bring May flowers. And speaking of, I don't know, anything, Austin, how you doing? He's our other co-host. I'm I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. Are you sure you're okay? You just got a little feisty before we started recording here.
0: I, I got a little feisty because Alex was like, oh, I got a doctor's appointment and like... Forty-five seconds. So let's keep talking before we start recording. And I was like, well, "Let's fu- let's fucking record. Let's get it done with. Let's go. Let's go." That is not
2: true. Uh, I'm gonna interrupt. We had a really good brainstorming session about podcasty stuff, which is exciting, very exciting. And uh, yeah, it usually takes us like two hours to do this. So it's currently twelve thirty. So I'm like, "Yes, let's let's take this energy and harness it into the podcast."
1: Podcast. <laughs>
0: no bostony there you can see all the stuff i added out when i make it down from two hours to 60 minutes
1: yeah the unreleased episodes will be on patreon just look forward to that jacob you're (laughs) the one who's gonna edit out the bloopers because i ain't doing anymore i'm done i'm at my max capacity they're not gonna be recorded because every time we have to close audacity out so it doesn't do it doesn't work half the time oh shit wait my audacity crashed figured it's about right we're still going, even if it did. You just have to restart, and you'll just miss. You'll be out of the first quarter of the episode. Yeah, we'll fill you I in. fucking
0: talk. I, I hate my voice anyway. I'm not going to talk anymore. Oh, God. Goodbye. Here
2: we go. Self-deprecation not allowed after 1230. So it's 1237. You missed your window.
0: How's your week, Austin? Uh, my week? Oh, God. Okay, well, y'all want me to tell the story about the brake lights. Yes.
1: In which I'm at a... Re- first of
0: all i was having a really
1: difficult time t-
2: yesterday for some reason all right this is
1: taking this is taking too long alex how you how are you doing this week oh what's going god. on alex
2: <laughs> oh my god uh no no i'm invested in the brake light story more than austin okay. is invested right. in the brake light story
1: fine all right
0: i began life as nothing but more than a baby
2: and oh as time god. grew
0: on my understanding of the world grew i started sprouting fingers Oh, I guess I'm, like, a fetus. Okay. I'm nothing but a zygote. Okay. 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 Basically, I'm at a red light, and a lady in the car next to me is like, Pour down your window! Like, she's, like, like, you know, trying to get my attention. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, what happened? Oh, no. She's gonna yell at me. So I roll down my window, and I'm, like, prepared for her to throw a brick at me. And she's like, you don't have brakes! All right. And I'm like, wait, what? What? And so she's like, she's pointing at my my brake lights. I'm like, oh, my brake lights aren't working? And she tells me, yeah, your your brake lights aren't working. I was like, oh, oh, uh, thank you. Thanks for telling me. And then she says, I, I'm the queen of the brake lights. I tell people when their brake lights aren't working because they don't know because it, it's behind you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you. Queen of the brake lights. I, I I was visited by a magical being that day. And she told me of something
1: I needed to know
2: wherever you are brake light queen
0: and when the
1: light turned green she disappeared she disappeared and really like like pulled
0: out of there i i don't know where she went <laughs> she went on to help others
2: her job is never done austin there's dozens and dozens of people who need her assistance
0: i'm who wants to come over and check and see if my brake lights are working which one of y'all wants to come on over today uh, um I'm okay. i can
2: be there in spirit with you
0: okay so that was my week That was my week talk. That's it? You said you had a bunch to talk about. I did have a bunch. What what would you rather hear about? Disney adults. Okay, so I have these friends who are Disney adults. And I'm not a Disney adult because I don't have money. I, I don't knock people for enjoying things intended for children, as you can obviously tell. But I was confused because my Disney adult friends were like, Austin, we gotta show you the Haunted Mansion on YouTube. And I was like, okay. So we watched like a ride along in the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. And I was like, okay, great. We watched the Haunted Mansion ride. And they were like, and now we got to watch the Haunted Mansion ride in Disney World, Orlando. And I was like, oh, we do, do we? So they started playing a second video in which I had to, I had to pay it. I looked at my phone and they started yelling at me because I can't not watch every single moment of the Haunted Mansion ride to see the various differences between Anaheim and Orlando's iterations of the Haunted Mansion. This took, like, 30 minutes. And then I was like, oh, Okay, okay, um, good. So in this ride, you, like, die and go to hell. And they were like, no, you die and go to hell on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So I had to watch <laughs> the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride video. You messed up. I know I did. And in and, and the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, you really do. You die, you get drunk, and you crash your car, and you go to hell.
2: Is this real life?
0: Yes. And so I was like, I don't remember this happening in... What what is that thing called? Willows. Oh my god, what is the Mr. Toad novel called?
2: The Wind in the Willows?
1: I never heard of this.
2: There was a there's willows in the title of that and that was the first thing that came to my mind. So, who's Mr. Toad? Is it Mr. Frog and Mr. Toad? Is that the, what we're talking about?
0: Uh, it sounds like it should be, but no. This is from Okay. Yes, it was The Wind in the Willows. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It was in the 40s. Disney had package films in which they had different short films that they would air together as a feature length film. And one of those was called The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, uh, which I believe I had on videotape as a kid because I think we had like a bootleg copy or something. I don't Wait, know.
2: Wait, like Ichabod Crane, the Headless Horseman guy? Yep. Okay. It's
0: The Wind in the Willows, which is Mr. Toad in his scheming ways. And the other half is... The Legend of Sleepy Hollow with Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. Um, so I said, well, I don't remember the part where they go to hell in The Wind of the Willows. And they were like, well, now we got to watch that. Oh, there oh, you go. digging the hole. <laughs> so I had a Disney
1: filled afternoon.
2: What a story. I, that's one crossover that I never thought existed.
1: You are such a good friend for entertaining them like that. I know I am. I forgot Alex was editing this episode, so I I
0: was really, like, ramply because I was going to cut all my rambling out. Never. But now i got to watch what I say because I'm not in control hey. of the edit. Shit.
1: <laughs> the power.
0: Oh, i got to be careful.
2: I have the power.
0: Oh, I don't like surrendering power.
2: I know. It's okay. This is part of your therapy in relinquishing control.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Austin just gave me the it. evilest side eye I've ever seen. I love you, Austin.
1: Yeah, I can feel it. I need to be careful. God damn it.
2: Yeah, once you say stuff, it's out on the internet for all time.
1: Yeah, Tencent's got that on their file now, so good luck, Austin. Good luck when Tencent takes over, they're going to have everything.
2: Okay, Jacob, what did you do?
1: Oh, I get to go second. I, too, watched a classic film. It was called, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie called The Man Who Knew Too Little. I've heard of it, but not seen it, no. It's an old, old Bill Murray film with, I don't know if it's like old, old, but... It's basically like he goes to UK to visit his brother and his brother has a big business meeting that comes up last second. So he sends Bill Murray to like a theater group because Bill Murray wants to be an actor. And so they say, hey, we got this big play planned. It's like this, this and this. Go out and get us some drinks for it. And he thinks that the whole thing's a play the whole time. And he gets involved with being like a secret agent and he winds up uh, saving the Russian prime minister with like the UK ambassador to Russia. They're trying to strike some kind of peace deal and he winds up saving the planet from nuclear war. And the whole time he thinks it's all fake. So he like, you know, people are shooting guns at him and he goes, man, that that looks real. And he's like dodging it the whole time. And it's just like a misfit adventure like that. It's it's really funny though. It's not like, I started watching, I'm like, this is gonna be pretty stupid, but it actually, it's pretty funny. What brought this on? Uh, somebody lent it to me and I... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of like Austin. I was like, I love comedy movies. Oh, I got a comedy movie for you to watch. And then I felt obligated to watch it. And I'm glad I did. But, you you know, like someone hands you something and you kind of feel like you need to do it for a favor for them. Like, I'm a good person. So I do that for people. So that's what I did. I watched that movie.
2: I love how Jacob's social anxiety is so bad. He's like, he feels obligated to watch a movie that he got handed to, which I'm assuming is on DVD, which... That's the most wild part of the story for me, that somebody had this in their, like, pocket, and they're like, here, Jacob, watch this.
1: It was on hand. It was readily available. It was, like, within 24 hours, that thing was in my hand for me to watch. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It was, like, here. Um, Yeah, he just, like, went over to him, and he popped his trunk, and there was all these DVDs and blank CDs in there, and he just handed it to me. It was really cool.
2: Did he also have a trench coat with a bunch of watches in it?
1: Rings, not watches.
2: Well, you're a, yeah, a good friend, Jacob. Good for you for watching that film. Know, but
1: It was a good, pretty good movie, though, so <laughs> I feel glad that I did it. Golly, I didn't have any, like, break light stories. Nah, that's, uh, that's about it for me. I didn't really just watch the movie. What about you, Alex? What have you done this week?
2: Oh, gosh. I was hoping we could forget all about that because what did I do this week? Okay, I watched a film. I watched Power of the Dog. I'm sorry. What? Sorry.
0: I recommended you watch Power of the Dog on this podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> like a long time ago.
2: I actually took a suggestion that was made on the podcast.
0: Two years later.
2: I, I well I it finally got me. I was like curious. I was like, what can I watch that I don't have to be like super committed to, but also can like fill some time. So I watched that. It was it was a film that I watched.
1: What it what is that one what is that about?
2: It's about
1: Good question. Yeah. Oh, is it literally all over the place?
2: No, it's one of those, like Austin would say, I'm stealing your phrase, it's an Oscar bait movie, it's one of those, like, I'm intellectual, and you have to think about it, and like, I'm not going to tell you all the stuff you need to know, because you have to draw your own conclusions from all the themes, but basically, Benedict Cumberbatch plays a Midwestern ranch hand in the 1920s. Midwestern? Well, he lives in Montana.
0: I know. It caught me off guard. Midwesterner.
2: But he's not.
1: (laughs) Not a West Westerner.
2: He's not a West Westerner. He's a (laughs) Midwesterner.
1: Lower Westerner.
2: Which I I still don't really understand that casting choice, but whatever.
1: (laughs) That is odd for a British guy to be a Midwesterner.
2: It's so weird. Like the whole time I'm just thinking, Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange. Like where's his cape? And there were some other... Well, Kirsten Dunst was in it, but there were some other unknowns in it. Um, at least unknown to me. Let's just say that.
0: Jesse Plemons and Cody... Whatever his name is, are pretty well known.
2: I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like a terrible movie. Was it my favorite movie I've ever watched? No. But, yeah. Nothing really to say about it. It was, it was a movie that I watched.
1: Jared Leto should have been the main character.
2: Oh, God. Um, better,
1: better choice.
2: We live in a society, Rose.
1: <laughs> that we do. Anything else?
2: Gosh, this is a this is my boring week. I guess. What else did I do? Anything else? I'm forgetting. No, no. Okay.
0: I'm I'm being quiet because I'm afraid of the edit.
2: I always do my best to look to make everybody look good when I edit episodes. So don't be afraid.
1: This is like some overlord censorship thing he's got going on here. I'm afraid to say something. I it, it might get out there. I can't let it out. Uh, well, I guess since we kind of have a hard stop this week, we can kind of move on to our pokemon episodes for this week which is going apricorn and getting the bugs out or getting the bugs out see here the randomizer has spoken i'll be taking 30 second challenge this week uh austin you got going apricorn uh good luck with that alex you have getting the bugs out and also good luck with that because that's um that's one of those episodes that um might be a little hard all those gym battle episodes are
2: golly gosh i can't wait
1: whenever we are ready in three two one Alright, so we go balls ahoy for this episode. We're going to find out about Kurt, who is a ballsmith, and we hand him the GS ball, and he's like, I don't know what it is. But what Kurt does know is that Apricorns make Pokeballs, big old Pokeballs, and he can make different kinds of Pokeballs with different kinds of Apricorn. So Ash goes out after getting a couple Apricorn Pokeballs, goes out in the wild to pick Apricorns off trees, different kinds, but he gets attacked by various Pokemon along with Team Rocket. The mischief leads to them getting apricorns to Kurt, who makes them special Pokeballs for the next episode. Yeah! Yeah. Apricorns. Did anybody collect these in the
0: game? I think back in the day I did, just for the point of it. But back in the day, you couldn't see the different Pokeballs, so there was really no point to it. Oh, they didn't give you the fastball, the heavy ball, or anything like that? There was no sprites for them.
2: Oh, the the one little sphere with the gray upper half and the...
0: Alex, was this, like, your favorite episode ever?
2: Why would it be my favorite episode ever, Austin? I don't know. I wouldn't be. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I fucking love Pokeballs. (laughs) We all know it. I'm a freaking Pokeball maniac. I, okay, I was thinking this whole time through... How much I freaking love the apricorn balls, but also how little sense they make.
0: Oh, they're shitty. They
2: are shitty. I was thinking objectively about this. I'm like, as we're going through, which I-, I won't jump ahead too far, Austin, but when we're getting the explanations of all the Pokeballs or apricorn balls. I'm like, what the fuck is the point of a moon ball? There's like two Pokemon you can catch <laughs> with this
0: thing. It's more useless than it, you think it is. We're, we're going to get into that. I got a whole chart ready to go. Let's get into it. We are in Azalea Town. We are at Kurt's house. Kurt apparently did not know that the twerps were coming with his GS ball this entire time. Because they're like, hi, we have a GS ball for you to look at. And he's like, what's a GS ball? And I'm like, oh, I guess you could just take your time because no one gives a shit.
2: Oak hasn't once called up Kurt, his supposed old friend, and said, hey, man. I have this thing, and some kids are gonna come and, like, bring it to you. Maybe
0: he doesn't have a phone.
2: But he does have a phone, because it's in his house. Oh, goddammit, yes, they <laughs> do call
1: Oak. Okay, so the twerps can call Oak, but, but Oak can't call Kurt. It only outgoing calls. It can't receive calls.
2: Right.
0: Right. This GS Ball storyline has just been a disaster from the jump. N- not This is the end of the storyline. Are we excited for the, the end
1: of an era? It's about time. I didn't even know we were in an era. Like, occasionally the you, would get, of the GS ball. <laughs> you would get reminded of it, but it would not Okay.
2: I don't know, Jacob, if, you, if you're just ambivalent about it or whatever, but I'm actually kind of sad, to be honest with you. We have this whole plot lead-up thing, and you're like, ooh, the GS ball, the mystery, oh my god, what's it going to be? And of course, spoiler alert, as we know, it was planned to be something big. But then they just abandoned it. Under the hopes of people would forget about it. Like, that's literally the reason. They're like, we decided not to do that because of the movie and I hope you just forget.
0: Oh, we did. We did forget. As Kurt says, he doesn't know anything about the GS ball other than it certainly is a Pokeball, pretty much. So the twerps call Oak on Kurt's phone and they're like, we finished that shit for you. Never bother us about it ever again. We should have left it with the Quagsire. And Oak is like, oh, okay. Oh, by the way, did you know about the new game mechanic in Pokemon Gold and Silver? In which you can get apricorns and make new Pokeballs out of them? And Ash is like, tell me more.
2: Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, sorry.
0: Did you get any apricorns? Oh my god, cut that out. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oak is like, oh, you should be able to see a white apricorn tree from where you're standing. And I'm like, that's creepy for him to say. But they do, and it turns out... That there's all sorts of apricorns of various different colors, and Kurt is able to craft them into different pokeballs that have various different effects. Ash is like, uh, "Give me some of that! I want that sweet, sweet balls!" And oh so he god. he comes running at Kurt, like running through his house, saying, "I want a pokeball!" And the granddaughter Macy says, "Shut the fuck up! Oh my god!" Because Kurt is doing some smith work. Ball Alex, smithing. were you? We're all fascinated with this ballsmithing going on. I was
2: fascinated, actually. Yes. there was you want to get into it? Well, there was only one little thing that we could see, but he's got this special ball grill oven thing, and he heats them up and then he puts it in some slow poke well water to cool it off. I mean, it's basically like he's blacksmithing you know, when they forge the metal and then I guess it's like molten hot and then they stick it in the water. And if there's any blacksmiths out there that want to weigh in on your craft, that's interesting. We would encourage that.
1: I love the part when he takes the ball out of the furnace and he's whacking it and it doesn't change shape and he just dips it in the water and it's ready. <laughs> like he did nothing to it with banging it with the the hammer. It just, it's already oval or spherical. He just hits it. And nothing happens.
0: It was an imperfection we couldn't see with our untrained eyes. I guess so.
2: That's a really good point because, I don't know, we probably talked about this before because I'm feeling like I'm getting a deja vu moment. The Pokeballs in like Pokemon Legends Arceus are very clearly like wooden and they're made out of some kind of organic material. But as we see later on in the episode, so we've got this fruit, I guess an apricorns a fruit, right? I don't know. Grows on a tree. It doesn't, like, he is able to polish them perfectly and make them look exactly like a modern Pokeball with, like, the black stripe with the middle circular button and the colors on it. And it looks like a plastic Pokeball. Why can't they look like the Arceus Pokeballs?
1: How does it turn from a fruit into a metal ball? It's a chemical reaction.
0: Okay, is it possible he's using the raw material of the apricorn? And using it as, like, the lining of the inside of a metal Pokeball that he crafts. It still wouldn't work, though. When you when you heat it up, it wouldn't it wouldn't do that, though. Like, maybe he's crafting the Pokeball template, and then when that's done, he uses the
1: apricorn materials. It would only be the the upper half of it, though. The bottom half is still normal, right? The top half's the only one that changes. Or the bottom half is supposed to be wooden, too. Or is that just painted? Is it, the, is it those colors because it's painted?
2: It could be painted, I think, I don't know, I I'd kind of subscribe to that, Austin. Like, maybe you can buy the empty Pokeball shells. Like, we talked about this on the last episode, I think. Like, are there knockoff Pokeballs? Are there different brands of Pokeballs? Like, maybe anyone can buy the shell of it. Because we've seen them when they're open, right? A regular Pokeball. And it's got mirrors and techno shit in there. So maybe he buys the empty case and then puts the apricorn half, like you guys were saying, on top.
1: I think, like, you walk in there, and there's, like, the Pokeball, and like Alex said, there's nothing on it, and then you walk over to the left a little bit, and there's, like, the those old coin machines that you put a coin in and turn it, and then a crystal comes out, and you put the crystal... Inside the Pokeball, and the color of the crystal determines what kind of Pokeball it is. Like a like a lightsaber? Kyber
2: crystal Pokeball. Yeah,
1: it's a
0: kybercorn. Okay, maybe the apricorns have some sort of, like, inebriation effect. And Kurt is actually a drug dealer who is collecting these materials for his, for possibly his personal use, but possible for sale. And what he's doing is he's taking Pokeballs that he buys from the marketplace, paints them with a little paint job, and then gives them out and says, yeah, I made this from the apricorn child. Now go, go get me some of those blue apricorns, please. They make you feel like you're on a cloud.
1: Yep. That explains the nosebleeds. Yes.
0: It also explains why these Pokeballs are fucking worthless.
2: They look cool. Some of them. Yeah, some of them
0: look cool. Let's go over them now. Do you want to go through all of them now?
2: Yes. And, I, and we should, at the end, say what our favorite is. Okay.
0: Do we have visuals in front of us?
1: Um, we can. Let me get a picture. Apricorn G- balls. balls. Oh, God.
0: Google balls. See what <laughs> okay. There's an actual company.
2: There, well, I Googled Apricorn, and there's a, an actual company called Apricorn. So this is not a plug for you, Apricorn Company, but apparently they're a software manufacturer.
0: Which came first, Apricorn Company or Apricorns from Pokemon?
2: Okay, so Apricorn Inc. was established in 1983.
0: Oh, well. Oh, that's way before.
2: Pokemon ripped off Apricorn Company. Nintendo and
0: Game Freak did not do their due research on making sure there was no copyright infringement on that one.
2: whoopsie do.
1: Or they did, and they copyrighted it, and they didn't have the copyright, so now they get the money. Hmm. All right, let's go through these. First up, we got the fastball, which
0: we will be seeing a lot of in the coming years.
2: Speedball.
0: Yeah. Is that the red ball? Yeah.
2: Yes. Is that why there's an S on or it? red
0: apricorn? Yeah. So the idea is- No, sorry. It's the, the, the white apricorn. Thank you. It is more effective if a Pokemon has a base speed of at least 100. But in Generation 2, it was supposed to be more effective if the Pokemon can flee from battle. But guess what, you guys? Guess what? There was a coding error, because Pokemon games are nothing if not glitchy disasters.
2: It wouldn't be Pokemon without it. So
0: actually, what it does, it's more effective if you're trying to catch a Magnemite, a Grimer, or a Tangela.
2: What? (laughs) What?
0: Okay. Alright. In Generation 2, that's the effect of a fastball.
2: So it's basically no different than a regular old Pokeball if you're trying to catch anything else?
0: Other than those three, apparently. It's not so worthless. It is.
2: Oh, no. Magnemite's the best ever.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't need a
2: fastball. Aesthetic. I don't know.
0: Next up, we got the level ball. I'm just reading this from Bulbapedia. Which one's a level The one? yellow one. The yellow one, okay. Yellow with the V on it.
2: It's a red apricorn makes a level ball.
0: So there's all this math I'm reading here, but basically, oh my God, times eight if the player's Pokemon is of a level four times or more than that of the wild Pokemon. Times four if the player's Pokemon is more than double, but less than four times the level of wild Pokemon. If you are over-leveled, it's more effective. Okay. All right. Seems simple enough. Um, The lure ball. That's the blue one. Four times more effective if the Pokemon is encountered while fishing. Okay, that's simple.
1: That one makes sense. That one's good.
2: Wait, wait, here's a fact. I'm also reading along. In Scarlet and Violet, the lure ball was changed to function like the dive ball due to the removal of fishing.
0: Mm, So now it's water type. Yeah,
2: increased chance of catching Pokemon on or in the water.
0: Oh, so if you're on a water environment.
2: But it says, however, due to a glitch, it will only ever have a (laughs) one-time capture rate modifier regardless of the capture condition. So it's literally just... Right. Yeah, it's literally just the aesthetic, what what the ball looks like.
0: These things are disaster. Good
2: job, Game Freak. Yeah. It's 2023, and we're still having these fucking problems.
0: Now we got the Heavy Ball.
2: Best one. Which has,
0: like... It's the only one that has, like, a protrusion coming out of it. I don't know what those are... I, is that what Kurt was pounding out? I don't know. No, they would be inward, not outward. Oh my, the Heavy Ball is just so heavy that it's, like, it, it blowing up outwards at you. And it is more effective uh, the more the Pokemon weighs... However, if I remember correctly, it also has an error. Of course. Okay, there's like all these errors. Like in Pokemon Crystal, there's a glitch. So there's some Pokemon it doesn't work on. If their index numbers are divisible by 64. Oh my god. In Sun and Moon, it causes a catch rate to become negative. So it's basically ineffective. And is set to zero. So you can't use it.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: These, these things are ripoffs. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing. <laughs> These are so useless. We're batting a thousand. Each one is useless. They don't do what they're supposed to do. Kurt's not good at this job. That's what's going on here. No, he is not. <laughs> and He keeps on, like, making new errors as
0: time goes <laughs> off. Yeah, on like, they get as worse. As the generations pass.
2: <laughs> He's getting more and more senile as the years go on.
0: <laughs> no, right? He's- Here's my personal favorite and you'll see why. The love ball, also known as the heteronormativity ball, is a ball that is more effective... If the Pokemon you're trying to catch is the same species as your Pokemon, but a different gender. So if you have a male Pokemon and it's a female Pokemon, which, should we get into this?
2: You you do you, Austin, whatever you want to okay. say.
0: First of all, well, how often are you catching the same Pokemon you are using to catch the Pokemon you're catching that this would be remotely useful? Eggs, maybe? Maybe, I don't know. And then there's like the whole like sex versus gender thing going on and like, Pokemon are sentient creatures. How do they? What is their outlook on gender? So that let's not get into that at the moment. Um, but my favorite thing is that in Generation Two there is a glitch, in which instead <laughs> of catching Pokemon of the opposite gender, it's only more effective if you're catching
1: a Pokemon of the same gender. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang, Kurt was just like. I'm done with this. We got to change it up a bit. Yep.
2: Okay. So I have a question about the love ball. Cause I really am trying to picture like a scenario in which this would be useful to anyone. So does any like metagamers want to weigh in on this? Like, is this for like a breeding thing? Like if you're trying to, like, if you went out and wanted to catch like a certain Pokemon and like breed it to be shiny or breed it for like Eevees and Ivies and all the stuff I, I don't really understand. Sorry. Like if you went out and caught a regular old Psyduck or something and you're like, okay, I'm going to catch, like, a female Psyduck and then, like, breed it. But then, like, how does that work? Because don't those metagamers want to put, like, special moves on it? Like, I, I just, I don't understand when this would ever be useful.
0: Nope, it's not. It's That's Kurt's trademark, worthless. Okay. <laughs> Next, we have the friend ball, which is the green one, which has no effect when using other than it makes its friendship at a higher level than it would be otherwise if caught in a regular Pokeball. Um, so that's fucking useless. Does that
1: account for anything in the early games? Friendship level?
0: Friendship levels were introduced in Gen 2. And it's like Golbat evolves in the Crobat. Due to friendship? And P. Chansey into Blissey. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Okay. But friendship goes up really quick anyway, even if you're like not even trying. So it's, who cares? Okay.
2: So really what you're saying to us is that these... Are an aesthetic choice. Like, if you want yes. a, a fun looking Pokeball to match.
0: If you want to have a shelf full of colorful Pokeball merchandise, here you go. Okay. All right, we got one more. And this one's probably the most ridiculous.
2: Oh, <laughs> The one that I mentioned.
0: The Moon Ball.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the best is on. more effective on a Pokemon that belongs to an evolution family that includes a Pokemon that evolves by the Moonstone. Why? Okay. Hyper specific as fuck but get ready because it's going to get even more hyper-specific because there's a glitch in Generation 2 oh, in God. which it has it only has a boosted effect if a Pokemon evolves using a burn heal. <laughs> a burn heal. Um, guess what? No Pokemon evolve using a burn heal.
2: <laughs> ah, that's so great. What Pokemon
1: evolves using a burn heal? None. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I thought there was something I didn't know about again. Nope, nope. This is not, okay, good. Good. I feel better. I'm
2: trying to see what Pokemon were even available in Gen two that would even apply to this. So, uh,
0: Nidorans, Clefairy, Jigglypuff,
2: and that's it.
1: I think is that it.
2: Yeah, because they're Skitty and Muna, but they don't exist yet.
1: That crazy guy probably kept buying them. That crazy guy from the Clefairy Seymour. episode, Seymour. Seymour, he probably is the Seymour's going to
0: come with a armful of Moon Balls, but they yep. only work on Burn heel evolutions. He doesn't know that though. <laughs> Oh, what do you mean Oswald? He was also obsessed with the Clefairy. That's true, yeah.
2: Fun, useless fact that nobody asked for, but I'm going to say it anyway. The one and only time I've ever, ever, ever used a moon ball in the game was during Sun and Moon to catch Lunala. That was it.
0: Oh, because of the moon. Because of the Uh moon. That's cool. How many moon balls did you have to go through?
2: I don't remember. Let's see, how do you even get them in Sun and Moon? Because I think I only had one, and I think I had to, like, reset a bunch of times. They
0: only give you, like, one of each later
1: on. Yeah,
2: fine. Okay, so in Sun and Moon, you only get it at, like, Mount Hokulani. I think they only give you one. Don't
1: use your heavy ball. It won't work. Or any other one of these.
2: Yeah, they're all useless. You have to be very... Like, I saved right before, just because I was like, I'm gonna catch it in a moon ball. <laughs> and then it took me maybe, like, 100 tries to get it to catch in it. So I kept having to reset, and I was like, well... That was a waste of time. And then I never played that game again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was fun facts. Thanks, Austin.
1: This is like, you know, when like you go to a New York or a big city and there's the guy in the corner she- selling like knockoff stuff, like nice necklaces. This is like some guy that just is creating fake stuff and just painting over it. Just being like, oh, look at this novelty item here. They're- That's what I said. <laughs> They're just useless. There's no point. They got into all this work. They go out and collect berries for him, or Apricorns do his dirty work for him, so he can just sit here and grease and slime his way to make fake money, selling fake Pokeballs. It's disgusting. Kirk's evil.
2: He's got he's got something going on. All right, question, real quick. What's our favorite aesthetically?
1: I like I like the, the lure ball. Uh, no, I like the heavy ball. It seems like more ergonomically friendly with those yeah, protrusions. Yeah, it's got a good grip to it. Yeah, it's got a good grip to it.
2: I think I'm torn. I'm torn between the heavy ball and the friend ball i think they're both cute go with the
1: heavy like you know if you had the heavy it'd be like you know a twitch cube or whatever people carry on you just like
2: fidget spinner
1: yeah rub it in your hand it would feel good i would i would buy it more for that than to catch pokemon just because it feels good i kind of like how simple the love ball is in its design it's just a heart
2: i mean it's cute
1: it seems more like a valentine's day gift it does seem like a valentine's day yeah gift. give it to your lover propose with a love ball there's a ring in it
2: I don't know about you guys, like, playing the games, but I know in the interest of time, this last thing I'll say about Pokeballs, but I just, I love Pokeballs so much, you guys. Every time I play Pokemon games now, I just, screw all these other Pokeballs. I just catch all my shit in a regular Pokeball. Like, I just, I can't do anything else. What a
0: waste of your time.
2: I know, but it's so classic and simple, and I'm a freak, (laughs) and we all know that, so. All right, that was fun.
0: I'm like, all right, quick ball, quick ball, dusk ball, dusk ball. Let's get this over with.
2: The only time I change it up is if I ever came across a shiny, which I never do, but those go in premiere balls. So God,
0: I can't imagine why you never
1: finish these games. I can't imagine being I know. me. I know it's, approach. it's scary. I catch, I catch six within the first 30 minutes and we're gone. We're out of here. Next eighteen hours. I gotta catch Lunala in a moon ball, goddammit. Well,
2: I think I have a fucking problem. <laughs> you mind?
0: Yeah, too much time on your hands.
2: It's called OCD, all right? I can't help it. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, can we all agree the fastball is the worst one? It
2: is. It's the fucking worst one. <laughs>
0: They're all bad. They're all so yeah, bad. but just like aesthetically, the fastball is boring. Ugly, sorry. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to
2: all those fastball lovers out there, you're wrong.
0: I think the level ball's okay. <laughs>
1: Balls, balls, balls. Let's make more jokes about balls. Okay, Do a Twitter on. poll, Austin. Which which apricorn ball is the best ball?
2: You could only have like three options.
1: <laughs> Twitter is so fucking horrible. Fuck you,
0: Elon. Fuck you, Twitter. Fuck you, TikTok. Fuck you, Tencent.
2: <laughs> We've gone off the rails. It's all right.
0: The, the apricorn balls have that effect on you. They don't have any effect other than <laughs> driving you crazy.
2: Is anybody else really sweaty all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> Me
0: too.
1: I know. <laughs> Got it. Turns out they're carcinogenic, oh too.
2: Like, I literally have to fucking take this <laughs> robe off. It's so hot. <laughs>
0: uh, y'all, I am so... I need mean, like, to turn on a fan.
2: <laughs> oh, god damn you, Kurt. God damn you, apricorn balls. <laughs> I know,
0: they're getting, we're all heated up
1: with this Pokeball talk.
0: I know, we're in the little furnace thing Yeah, now.
1: He's <laughs> gonna come with a hammer and mold us in a minute.
0: <laughs> okay, basically this whole episode, long story short, is the twerps go to various trees with Maisie, the little girl, and she and she gives them various reasons why they can't take apricorns. I wrote each and every one down. Okay, we're going to go one by one. Okay, first of all, Kurt gives all three of the twerps fastballs. Yay.
2: Ew.
1: The useless one. We,
0: we can't get the pink apricorns for love balls because they're not right. Now, we can't get the yellow apricorns for the moon balls because there's a pine in the tree. Actually, there's multiple pine And Brock is like, I want a pine co. But he doesn't get a pine co just yet. We can't get the green apricorns for the friend balls because there's some drill. We can't get the red apricorns for the level balls because they fall into a pitfall trap. Uh-oh. The Team Rocket dug. But then it's okay because Team Rocket falls into a pitfall trap. That the diglet dog, <laughs> and they, they fall down a, out of a cliff.
2: Because the diglets are the guardians of the forest, if you You're didn't right. know that.
0: See, so the twerps don't get red apricorns, I guess, because the diglet would kill them? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Okay, so they just go to the blue apricorns, which, finally, Macy's like, yeah, you can take those. So Ash and Misty each get a blue apricorn.
2: What about Brock? Poor Brock.
0: We go to the next tree, which is the black apricorn tree, which ha- also has pine Co. Team Rocket, who got um, taken care of earlier in the episode, are back and they have a fan attached to a stationary bike and they're going to blow away the apricorn so they can collect them all. But really all they do is annoy the Pineco, except for the one Pineco that is not having this at all. And Pineco is going to blow up Team Rocket and the Twerps are like, Pineco, don't! Don't sacrifice yourself! It's just Team Rocket! Pineco don't die when they self-destruct, though. I know that. You know that. Everyone knows that except for the twerps. So Macy's like, Brock, you have to use the fastball on that really fast Pineco that has no legs (laughs) and
1: arms or any (laughs) extremities. It's not a Magnemite. It's not a Grimer. It's not a Tangela. But do it anyway. Pineco make no... They make no sense, that Pokemon. Okay, let's discuss Pineco. What do we think of Pineco? I love Pineco... It was probably one of my favorite Pokemon in gold and silver for battle because I would just level it like crazy to a hundred and then I would just self-destruct it and then revive it and just keep self-destructing it in battles <laughs> to win. And that was my favorite. The one that confuses me about it is it has like a web thing that it is able to like go up and down the tree with. Because it's a bug. It's a bagworm. It's not a pine cone. Okay. That Can makes sense. I read
2: sense. some bagworm facts? All right.
1: Bagworm facts. I got a bagworm in Animal Crossing. Really? Yeah. Did it explode? No.
2: They're actually kind of interesting because they do make these sort of cocoon looking things that look exactly like tiny little pine cones. But the interesting thing about pine, pine cones, the interesting thing about bagworms is that they, they turn into moths because they're bugs. But pine cones don't turn into moth. They turn into whatever fortress is. Yeah. What is fortress? Uh, a, f- a fucking <laughs> fortress. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Let me see. Fortress. Oh, God. It's like a clam.
2: They're inoffensive to humans and inconspicuous, although some are occasional nuisance pasts. That's all there is to say, really, about the bagworm.
0: So they don't explode. Okay.
2: They're kind of gross looking, but that's alright.
0: Well, Brock doesn't think they're gross looking, because he catches his Pineco. And now that we've saved Pineco from exploding, Pineco happily explodes in Brock's arms. Nobody gets hurt or anything though. So we blast away Team Rocket, I guess whatever and we return back to kurt's house we give him all our apricorns that he's gonna make into balls and he says i'll give those these to you at the end of the next episode so just wait he also says i'm gonna keep my eye on this gs ball a little while longer and if anything comes out i'm gonna let Professor oak know and the twerps are like i'm sure you are and then kurt informs us that the gym has reopened and ash is like oh shit gym time and we run away to the gym the end
2: so, I've been sitting on this. I don't know. I just... I feel like I have to get this out because... A pineco? Oh. No. Th- what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is this going to be? This is
2: going to be a complete... You, you guys are going to think I'm fucking smoking drugs or something, but... that The little girl's name is Maisie, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know if you guys know this or are familiar with this from your childhood, but I've been sitting on this since the last episode when her name was said. There is a Dr. Seuss book called... Daisy had Maisie and I just cannot get this out of my head. Every time they say the word Maisie, and I just have to say and put it out there in the universe that I fucking hate this book because it's got the cat in the hat in it and I fucking hate the cat in the hat. The
1: Michael Myers version or just in general.
2: Just in general because he's a menace. He's a menace to society that cat in the hat.
1: What is what is Maisie? Was that like a disease? She has a daisy growing out of her skull. Oh, okay.
2: It's this little girl who sprouts a daisy out of her head, and it causes an alarm in her classroom, family, and town. But then somebody comes to make her a celebrity. She becomes overwhelmed and distraught over the situation and runs away. But the cat in the hat, who serves as a narrator to the story, helps her to understand her problem. I don't know why. It's not that I hate Daisy Head Maisie, but I just don't like the cat in the hat. I feel very strongly about this for some reason.
1: That's not even what Maisie means. So whatever.
2: What does it mean?
1: I think it's like Old English for corn cob.
2: I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on the Cat and the Hat? Because I always couldn't stand it. <laughs> he, it. Look, it gave me anxiety as a kid. He was he was like <laughs> ruining their house and shit. Like,
0: <laughs> remind me, the kids didn't do anything wrong, right? They, no, like, they tried to stop medicine, it. Them, yeah, hit them in the fish
2: he comes into, like, the parents, like, go away or something on a business trip or vacation. I could be completely getting this wrong, but this is what I recall. They go away and they leave the kids to the house to be like, okay, kids, like, just don't fuck up and we'll be back soon. And the kids are like, okay, mom and dad, like, they're chill. They're just hanging out in their house. And then all of a sudden, this seven foot tall cat man busts into their house and he's like, hey, kids, let's go on adventures and shit and they're like no cat we can't we'll get in trouble this isn't right and he's like stopping up their bathtub flooding their house like burning down all their shit like it's it's just one disaster after another
1: thing one and thing two he has oh my god and those
2: little hellions i forgot all about them
1: there's also like a time warp too like this is going on for like days but it's only been like an hour so there's like a weird time perception thing to it also it's a lot.
2: Let's see what the plot of this is. Y'all. Y'all.
1: We have a time limit. No, this
2: is okay, because I literally have nothing to say for the next episode. Okay, how about this? <laughs> the, the cat in the hat comes to their house. He entertains the children. Oh, they have a pet fish. Insists that the cat should leave.
1: I said the fish. I remember the fish.
2: Austin, you're right. So the fish is getting menaced by the cat, who's, like, taking him out of his fish bowl. He starts to balance all the stuff, all the household items on his limbs, but then he drops everything and breaks everything. Then the things come, like Jacob, you said. They knock pictures off the wall. They ruin their mother's dress. He has a machine that he builds, like kind of like Team Rocket, who cleans up the house just in time before their mom gets back, like picks everything up so she doesn't know what happened.
1: Oh, in the movie, too, they kill their aunt, too. What? Remember, their, like, aunt comes that's going to babysit them and... Like, the cat in the hat kills her and at the end, like, revives her or, like, knocks her out with, like, some kind of tea. Like, there's something in the movie where they have a babysitter come and it's an older lady and I can't remember if she's related to them. Mike Myers or the cat in the hat, like, kills her or drugs her to where she's, like, unconscious. And then at the end, he wakes her up and she's like, oh, they're the most blessed children. Or They do that, too, because they, like, make fun of her and draw on her, too, like, thing one and thing two
2: all right, this is this is horrible. That's, that's really horrible. I didn't remember that at all. But this, I remember why I hated this so much as a kid. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you're told, like, you know, you have to be honest, you know, don't lie to your parents, you know, be forthcoming with stuff or whatever. At the end of the book, the mom comes back and she's like, hey, kids, what did you do when I was gone? Did anything happen? Anything you need to let me know about? And the children, like, the cat says, don't fucking say anything. And then, The kids are like, well... And then they don't say anything. And then the story ends with the question, what would you do if your mother asked you? So are we... Like, is this encouraging kids to keep shit? A strange man came into your house and you're supposed to not say anything?
0: The Cat in the Hat is an eldritch horror from a Lovecraftian hell dimension. That's right. This is not a simple story for children. This is advanced darkness.
2: I don't know, you guys... Th- this this story always gave me anxiety and i fucking hated the cat in the hat so <laughs> yeah that's where mine was my mind was going when you were talking about kurt and his pokeballs
0: all right join us next week for the next episode of hat cat cast
1: in which <laughs> we discuss the hat in the hat returns
2: oh god they need a restraining order against that nightmare
1: one ball two ball Red ball, blue ball, orange ball, red ball.
2: so sorry I derailed this into chaos, but I couldn't help. You're editing
1: this episode. That's right. So you said you had nothing to say about the next episode.
2: That's not true. I have a little bit to say.
1: Okay, okay, making sure. Alex, me, and then Austin for the most viable player, least viable player, and the, if you got a quote, you can share it. If you don't, that's fine.
2: Okay, um, MVP, I'm going to give it to Brock, because that one second where he sees the pine Coe and he lets out his, his, his inner James comes out and he says, woo, and then he runs over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I noticed that too.
2: It was so cute. I loved it. I was like, Eric Stewart, please, you're too much sometimes.
0: If I remember correctly, Brock, his Brock gets like more and more hammy as we go on.
2: He's just having, he's living his best life. He's enjoying it every second, I can tell so LVP, I didn't write anything, but I'm going to give it to the GS ball because we never find out, spoiler alert, (laughs) what's in it. And it really pisses me off. All right. uh, Quote. Typically, I wouldn't side with Ash in this case, but I feel like as I've gotten older, you know, I'm not a rock the boat kind of person. I typically don't speak up. But he has a comment where he's like, at the beginning, he's like, I'm going to get an apricorn ball because I think they're cool and Misty's like wait a minute Ash she says have you ever heard the saying easier said than done and Ash says what do you mean Misty don't you know you never get anything unless you ask so I don't think he's wrong I think that if he never asked he wouldn't have got his useless but cool looking fastball but he's right you never know until you try
0: I do think there is a difference between Kurt. I hear that you produce Apricorn balls. Could you tell us more about that and how we're able to procure one? That's true. And
2: Kurt, I want a ball.
0: I want a like ball a, like a little kid at a store. Yeah, <laughs> help me. Give I me, mean, me a ball. Ten, he's ten, but
2: yeah, okay. So you are right. The approach was wrong, but he was excited. But he, you know, in in a general sense, like you never know until you try. The answers always know until you ask
1: or force your way in there and.
2: Make someone do it for you. So they ended up getting not one, but two different kinds of apricorn ball. They got each got a fastball, and then they got a lure ball and a heavy ball. So
0: Half of these are never going to be used.
2: Okay, so Brock uses the fastball. I know Ash uses the lure ball or Misty. One of them does. Both of them. I don't remember. I know where one of them goes, but I don't remember where the mm-hmm. other one goes. Does the heavy ball ever get used? Nope. Damn it. The best one
1: that's the reason why they don't use it they don't want to waste it
2: poor brock okay all right that was it that was it for me
1: who's next mine i'm gonna start with my quote because it leads into my lvp Maisie's walking along and they're asking about the apricorns the Torps are and Maisie goes they're just kind of she says something i can't remember the exact quote but something they're in the trees and the reason why there's so many of them is pokemon can't eat them because the lower shell is too hard and that leads me into my LVP because I'm going to give it to the Apricorns because don't they make useless Pokeballs. They don't provide any <laughs> nourishment or anything from the Pokemon. So they're kind of just all around useless. Useless things in the Pokemon universe. I'm going to give my MVP to Diglett for making hikers disappear for centuries upon centuries, especially bad guys like Team Rocket.
2: I have one question, Austin, before. Sorry, uh, just a, th- a thought I was thinking. Do you think that Apricorn trees, knowing how useless that they are, are an invasive species being cultivated by Kurt and now they've taken over
0: like a (laughs) kudzu or something. Well, there's seemingly only one of each in the world is the confusing part.
2: Do they not grow anywhere else outside of this mountain area?
0: I I don't know. We never see them ever again.
2: I don't know. They seem useless in all regards, Jacob. I, I agree with you. So I'm wondering if this is just some kind of like invasive species that Kurt brought over and is wrecking... Havoc on
1: the... Ecosystem.
2: Yeah, the ecosystem.
1: It's why the pinecos explode. They they keep trying to eat these trees and they're useless. Yep. Speaking of pinecos, my MVP is Brock's
0: Pineco for heroically trying to stop Team Rocket. And it's kind of cute. My LVP is Professor Oak for not telling Kurt that he had visitors coming. <laughs> my quote will be, when I talk about love balls, Brock says... <laughs> Do you suppose that a Pokeball made from this kind of tree would help me catch Nurse Joy or Officer Jenny? So Misty pulls his ear and says, she didn't say they were magic.
1: Oh, that's good.
2: Poor Brock.
1: All right. Can we make this the 15 second summary challenge? Because that's all I'm going to need. Nope. I'm giving you 30. Okay. Got to
2: sit in uncomfortable <laughs> silence for the rest.
1: Okay. Yep. <laughs> in three, two, one, go. Finally, it's a gym episode and we're at the Azalea Town Gym. And this is the easiest gym from the games and in the anime series, because we're fighting Bugsy, which guess what? Is a Bug-type gym leader, the most useless gym leader in all of the land. And Ash battles Bugsy, and this is kind of Cyndaquil's episode to shine. Because Cyndaquil battles uh, Scyther. And if they win if Ash wins or not is up to Alex to explain. Time. <laughs>
2: Oh, my gosh. So, y- Jacob, you're not a fan of Bugsy, then.
1: No, I like I'm a fan of like bug type gyms in the game because I know it's just going to be a breeze. And I can just especially if I started with the fire starter, put that baby out there, let it flamethrower six times and I'm good to go. So it's more of a relaxed gym.
2: But if you start with with the grass type starter, then you're kind of in for it.
1: Yeah, it's the reason why I always pretty much go fire.
2: I don't know about you guys, when I played Soul Silver, so I obviously picked Totodile first, I think we've talked about this, for gold, but then I picked Chikorita <laughs> for Soul Silver. And I remember it giving me some trouble, honestly. And I'm also kind of in that same predicament now, because I've been playing white too, and I just beat Berg, but I picked Snivy and that was difficult. But thank goodness for Growlithe, because couldn't have gotten past it without it. Do we have a favorite Johto gym leader? Cause I'm just going to put it out there. Mine's Icy Price.
0: I thought you were going to say Morty. Oh, my gosh. Okay, wait.
2: <laughs> okay, Icy Price for the meme of fucking Icy Price, but Morty because ghosts are better. That's true.
0: No, they're not my favorite set of gym leaders.
2: But if you had to pick.
0: Oh, God. Hmm.
2: They're kind of a, they're not, they're a forgettable kind of group.
0: Yeah, they're not
1: the best. Mm-mm. I guess Claire.
2: Yeah, she's all right. Jacob, thoughts? Uh,
1: is Whitney one of them?
2: She is. Yes.
1: I think I like that. Okay, let me. That's the one with the like the mill tank that just keeps using rollout, right?
2: Be careful, yes. you might piss off at like everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one was that one actually. I like I liked Goldenrod City. I like the design of it. Actually, I had to Google to refresh my memory, but I like that mill tank battle because that was like one of the hardest ones to get through because it sucked. And I, I remember the hard ones the most.
2: Anyone else have PTSD from that?
0: Yeah, it was way harder than I remembered it being when I played Heart Gold i was like oh my god is this really hard
1: <laughs> what in earth you're gonna go through every pokemon you're gonna get to six you're gonna get to your six and hopefully it has more speed than that miltang otherwise rollout's gonna black you out
2: honestly it's kind of a gamble like i remember playing it and just hoping for like an rng miracle like or missed. paralyzing yeah. it and missing yeah like i relied on Mareep and then hopefully it'll miss or it'll be paralyzed like I-, I remember having to restart a bunch of times because I was just hoping for that to be on my side, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So we're at Bugsy's gym. This- these episodes are always kind of ugh, interesting to try to summarize because it's a gym battle, which doesn't really translate over very well, but let's just do our best here. Okay, so Misty... And Ash and Brock are walking along. They're going towards the gym. Misty points out that Ash no longer has his favorite buddy on his team anymore. Charizard is gone. So he can't rely on Charizard's raw strength to get him through his jams. So I was like, dang, Misty, way to rub the salt in the wound. <laughs> but he's, he has a plan. Ash has a plan. He's got another fire type on his team now, Cyndaquil. But Cyndaquil just needs a little bit of encouragement because as we know, when we met it, it's kind of got narcolepsy and doesn't always, uh, it's slow to start. He can't always get his fire started. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Ash seems very confident in this. So they make their way to the gym, which is just a forest with like a dome over it. Bugsy just built his gym in the forest because all the bug Pokemon were living there.
1: It's it's like a biodome, what they call those things.
2: Yeah, it's almost sort of like the Cerise Laboratory and Journey is where we are now.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking of that Poly Shore movie, Biodome. <laughs>
2: what? <laughs>
1: There's a Pauly Shore movie called Biodome where they, they shove people in a Biodome. They have, to, they have to live there for like three months. That's what this reminds me of.
2: Uh, I haven't heard of that. I'll check that one out. I feel kind of bad for the bug Pokemon here, honestly, because it really just seems like he just came into their territory and like built a gym around them and like forced them to like fight in his gym battles. That's the vibe I got.
0: Yeah, I don't like Bugsy.
2: He's pretty rude. He's sitting up in a tree and Misty is freaking out, you know, rightfully so because, you know, she does not like bug type Pokemon. We've already established that. I think, you know, arachnophobia, phobias are very real. It's not Bugsy's place to be like, get over it, Misty. But he does. And he's this rude little a-hole that's like sitting up in a tree and he's like, you're wrong. And bug Pokemon are the best. And I'll challenge anyone who comes in here and talks shit about bug Pokemon. But also, you need to help me down from this 100-foot tree because you knocked over my ladder. But really, it was me who knocked it over.
1: Did he say what he was doing up there?
2: Being annoying? I don't know. He just climbed with the tree
1: for no reason. <laughs> At least have something. He's probably collecting apricorns.
2: Oh my god. Who knows? He's communing with the bug Pokemon. I have no idea. But he's rude. I didn't like him off the bat. I don't understand... What- Already we've had bad impressions of the gym leader. We had Faulkner, who was a crazy person, and now we have Bugsy, who's just rude. So Ash is like, I challenge you to a battle, and Bugsy's like, okay, let's do it. To start out, we have Spinarak and Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil can't get it together, ends up getting string shotted and stuck to the ground and hurt by poison string attack.
0: I noticed that too.
2: (laughs) That was an error. And so Ash has no choice, really, but to recall Cyndaquil for the moment. Any thoughts on the start of this battle, you guys? I'm just going to keep powering through it.
1: Uh, Go Ash.
2: Yeah, go Ash. Ash is super confident and type matchups don't mean shit to him. So he's like, all right, Cyndaquil, you take a rest, Chikorita, you're up. Because why the hell not? He battles by instinct, after all. So...
0: Don't use your Squirtle or your Heracross or anything.
2: Oh, Heracross. <laughs> Why didn't he use Heracross?
0: I mean, thankfully, Squirtle and Heracross are going to be with us for a long time to come.
2: Hmm.
1: Yay.
2: By the way you say that, it makes me think that maybe that's not really what is going to happen. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Ash decides to use Chikorita, who he seems to actively dislike, but uses her anyway. Uh, she manages to defeat Spinarak somehow. Meanwhile, Team Rocket's there again, and they're spying as they do, and planning to tunnel under the gym and steal Pikachu right out from under them.
1: Probably the highlight of the episode is them.
2: They only were there for like five seconds, too.
1: Exactly. That's the point. They're the main reason. Okay, I think this is when they finally figured out how to
0: use Team Rocket during gym battles.
2: To interrupt them?
0: Yeah, they're just there to interrupt the flow, and they don't actually do anything to interrupt the battle. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
2: They're there, but they're not really there. Yeah. So right. Chigarita manages to defeat the Spinarak and he calls out, so Buggy, Bugsy calls out Metapod next. Um, I think at some point during this, Team Rocket has tunneled under the gym, but I kind of wasn't paying attention. I know they get hit by like a stray Thunderbolt and then I think they go away for the rest of the episode.
1: Mouth has like a stethoscope. He's putting up on the bottom of the gym, and he's like, "Pikachu's not breathing," or something like that. But it turns out it was just like charging up for Thunderbolt.
2: Yeah, he's he's tracking its movements with a stethoscope.
1: <laughs> yeah, and shocker, Pikachu gets rid of him.
2: <laughs> ah, shocker. Yeah. So Bugsy calls out his OP Metapod and keeps spamming Harden, which is really fucking annoying.
1: I love Metapod. <laughs>
2: it's, just, it's so stupid. Metapod's back
0: to, to disrupt the physical plane of reality again.
2: I, I, all I so can think so of, stu- you guys, was our episode on Metapod and, like, what the fuck a Metapod <laughs> even know. is.
0: Episode two on the podcast,
1: if I recall correctly. Yeah, every time it comes out, I just laugh. It just looks ridiculous.
2: Yeah, go back and listen to those episodes, but be warned, the audio is kind of something. Yeah, listener discretion advised. We're nothing
0: if not earnest. How about that?
2: That's right. So this Metapod, though, is pretty strong, pretty powerful, and it manages to take out Chikorita with one single tackle attack. And that's when we get Pikachu.
1: Do you think they choose Metapod because it's the easiest to animate? I feel like it's not the easiest to animate. It's so confusing. Well, I mean, like, it looks weird, but when it moves, it it just, its whole body just goes. Like, there's no legs to... Chart moving. There's nothing to do. It literally just like thrusts itself forward and hits things. Like there's not a lot to do with it. You just kind of gotta make it move. You don't have to worry about parts moving or appendages being aligned. It. You just like it's like throwing a toy or a plush. It's just gonna it's gonna fly and that's it. There's nothing to it. So
0: in the game, Bugsy's team is Metapod, Kakuna, and Scyther. So I think that I think they just. Subbed in Spinarak so he can have a Johto Pokemon.
2: Oh, that makes sense. And
0: Metapod is just here as like a leftover. Okay.
2: Would we have preferred Kakuna instead of Metapod?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Easier to animate. It looks cool.
2: It is cooler. It's more dynamic. It's got that fierce, fierce looking thing going on, the eyes and stuff. Oh, poor Metapod. Anyway, it gets killed by Pikachu Yeah, I think I was a little bit... I got the order wrong. So yeah, this is where Pikachu comes out and then Team Rocket gets zapped and then they they disappear for the rest of the episode. And then our last but not least, Bugsy's Ace Pokemon comes out, which is a Scyther.
0: Yay! But not the good Scyther.
2: Oh my god, you guys. You know what I completely forgot about? We didn't even mention this for the last episode. Tracy was there in the background during Professor oh, Oak's call. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, I wrote that down, too. <laughs> I wrote it down. and I still <laughs> forgot. And I was the one leading that discussion. Shit. Sorry, guys.
2: It's, no. Oh, my God. I I just... It literally came to me. And I had written it down, too. But he's there in the background. And he doesn't even say anything. Ash, and they, they don't even say hello. They don't acknowledge him.
1: He's just in the back cleaning a mess. Like, a Pokemon had an accident on the floor. And he's wiping it up. It's all he's doing. He's literally... He's frozen in place. They don't animate
0: him. He's less animated than the Metapod. He's just <laughs> frozen mid-action with two Nidoran. And I'm like... It's,
1: it's not even really Tracy. And
0: Oak, like, gets out of the way, and there's Tracy, and they're just like, don't say a word to Tracy. That
2: is so... Don't
0: acknowledge him.
2: Sad, you guys. <laughs> like, he doesn't come over and say, hey, guys, how's the adventures? Ash and friends don't say, hey, Tracy, how are you doing there? Like, how... Nothing.
1: Oak got rid of Tracy. They like duck down to get out of the view. (laughs) Tracy turns his head. They're like, I can't see it. I think Oak got rid of Tracy, and this is just like a cardboard cutout he uses to say, like, look, look, Tracy's still here. (laughs) He's still alive. (laughs) He's not gone. I miss Tracy now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He gave us so much material. Did the worst
1: characters give the best material? Oh, when's Richie coming back? Oh God. We can write him in. Just say he's there. We could.
2: Does Who does Richie's voice? Was that also Bugsy? The voice of Bugsy? Because it sounded familiar. I think
1: so.
0: Uh, Tara Sands?
2: Maybe. I don't know. Who voices Bugsy? You want to look it up real quick?
0: I'm on it. Sean Aston. No.
2: Sean Aston. That'd be amazing.
0: Oh, shit. It doesn't say. Oh, yeah. Tara Jane Sands.
2: Okay. So the okay. same. Okay. Bugsy was Richie. So Richie was with us, technically.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, so sorry. Sorry, guys. I uh, I just couldn't believe that. I, I did feel bad for Tracy in that one second because they didn't acknowledge him at all. I'm like, what rude friends you are. Anyway, so this Scyther is not our old man Scyther, as you said, but it's still a Scyther, which is something. Easily beats Pikachu, sadly to say, and that means that Ash has just got Cyndaquil as his last Pokemon, and he manages to get his little flame started, but Bugsy uses this, like, swords dance as a defensive move, and it's like spinning around. But Ash comes up with a really ingenious strategy, actually, to have Cyndaquil jump right mm-hmm. over it, match its spin in the opposite direction, and basically trap Scyther in this fiery vortex and wins.
0: It's a good thing Cyndaquil is so like jumpy and fast and moves around a lot. Yeah. Even though its, it's flame engine doesn't work.
2: This was really... An interesting thing. I know we talked about this at length before about Ash using like the environment and kind of these unorthodox like methods to win. And obviously, the physics differ from the show than in the games. But I don't know. I thought it was a good call by Ash. He won, so a good showing for him. Any other thoughts?
1: We beat him. We beat Bugsy. What number? What number is this? Is this three.
2: The second gem. Are you
1: kidding me? This is the second gem. <laughs>
0: Jacob buckle up we got oh we got god. a ways to go.
1: In my head I was like this is the third gym and I was like I can't remember the second one so I was like probably didn't matter. Oh, oh no. my god. Just wait. The
0: second gym if it makes you feel better Whitney's up next. Okay. I'm a little excited.
2: Uh just throwing this out there I really like the hive badge design. I think it's cool. Contrary to what you might think it is not like a bee design. It's not like a bee drill. It's instead a ladybaugh, ladybug looking thing. But I like it. It's it's better than Faulkner's, in my opinion. But yeah, so they win the badge. Ash is really happy. Uh, all of a sudden, Misty remembers that they have forgotten something. And oh my god, Kurt and the Apricorn Balls, because they were about to just leave. They told Kurt to work on these apricorn balls and they were just about to <laughs> fuck off out of town. But Maisie runs up and she's like, wait, you guys, I have the, the apricorns, and she gives them the finished product. Two lure balls and a heavy ball.
0: And then a daisy sprouts from her head.
2: Uh, Yeah, and a daisy sprouts from her head, and the cat in the hat flies down and uh, destroys Azalea Town. And Kurt still hasn't solved the mystery of the GS ball.
0: I hate the slowpoke people. Destroy Azalea Town.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we get no resolution to the GS ball, but hopefully they come back through on their way to Pallet Town, and we might have an answer then. But until that time, just leave Kurt to his whatever he's doing
1: this fake pokeball business it's a big scam
2: that's the end of that second badge woohoo good job ash
1: only six more exciting gym battles to go
2: i'm so excited for icy price
1: icy price all right cool it icy price
2: that's why they call him icy price
0: all right sorry that's
2: an inside joke i know this is not funny to anybody else but inside it's it's tickling me like you don't even know
1: icy price is tickling your inside. that's right
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my
1: God. Um, We'll uh, transition here to our most viable player. (laughs) Least viable player in the quote that inspired us this episode. Um, It's me, Austin, and then Alex. My quote is going to go to, uh, I can't remember. It was Meowth, I think, says it. When they bust in the gym and they're dressed as like a tree, a plant, and other forest things. And Meowth just goes, act organic i was like ah and i'm gonna give my mvp to i don't know cyndaquil it pulls through it's fast i'm gonna give my lvp to lord i don't know bugsy because he can't climb up a ladder he has no idea how to he shouldn't be doing that if he can't use the ladder right he's gonna fall and get hurt who's next that's it for me Uh, austin go for it
0: All right, my turn. MVP, I'm going to give it to Team Rocket because they stayed out of the way. Good job. My LVP, you already gave it to Bugsy, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give it to Ash, actually, because he told Chikorita to use Sweet Smell, which is not what the move is called.
2: Sweet Scent.
0: Sweet Sweet Scent. We We got some translation issues today. And my quote, I don't have any. Oh, okay, yes I do. Bugsy says... Have you ever heard the saying that the trainer who learns the rules of the bug Pokemon learns to rule the bug Pokemon? And Ash says, no, who said that? Bugsy says, me, weren't you listening?
2: (laughs) Oh no, that was my one quote.
0: Yeah, there's not any good ones, sorry.
2: Okay, so I completely, my brain reset and and you guys are gonna have to remind me what the hell you said (laughs) because I don't remember. Just
0: pick one and we'll see if it's a repeat.
1: (laughs) If it is, who cares? We'll just leave it in.
2: Okay, LV, like, okay, um, all right, MVP, I'm gonna give it to The Ladder for falling over and trying to strand Bugsy in the tree, but unfortunately, it could not get away with its master plan. Damn it. LVP, oh my god, this is really difficult. LVP...
0: The cat in the hat. Yeah, I'm gonna (laughs) give it to
2: the cat in the hat, because it lives rent-free in my head, and I hate it. My quote is going to be something ash says because it's literally the only other thing that i have written down and ash says forget type when he switches into chikorita from cyndaquil against a bug type he says forget type i battle by instinct and i have faith in you it's all i got
0: yep okay yeah
1: gym battle episode so so fun
2: woohoo
1: fun stuff hopefully we have more exciting stuff the next episode what is it what we got on the agenda next what are we going over if i recall correctly we have A Far-Fetched Tale okay, and Tricks of the Trade. Oh, okay. We got some going on there. I don't remember those, but no, I don't either. might be good.
2: What are those episodes? Obviously, Far-Fetched is there. What are the Tricks of the Trade episode?
1: We're
0: going to meet someone.
2: Are we? Yes. Is it somebody we like?
0: Yes.
2: Really? Yeah. 20 questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. You're going to find out. You're going to find
1: out next week. No, I won't say (laughs) anything,
2: but I just want to know for myself so I can have a reaction.
1: I just wish Tricks of the Trade was the Going Apricorn episode because like Kurt (gasps) fakes that stuff, you know? That's what it should have been. You just spoiled it.
2: I didn't say anything. What'd I say?
1: All right. Ready to close? I'm ready to close it out here. here?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tune in next week because it's a doozy.
1: Alright, thank you all for listening Be sure to leave us a 5 star rating Please do that And if you have any questions or comments for the show Be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan At gmo.com Again that is outofthedryingpan at gmo.com And be sure to follow us on Twitter At pan Again our handle is outofdryingpan And join us next time as the journey continues